0: part one section six and section seven of experiments and observations on different kinds of air by joseph Priestley. this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain section six of fixed air the additions i have made to my observations on fixed air are neither numerous nor considerable the most important of them is a confirmation of my conjecture that fixed air is capable of forming a union with phlogiston and thereby becoming a kind of air that is not miscible with water i had produced this effect before by means of iron filings and brimstone fermenting in this kind of air but i have since had a much more decisive and elegant proof of it by electricity for after taking a small electric explosion for about an hour in the space of an inch of fixed air I confined in a glass tube one-tenth of an inch in diameter, figure 16, I found that when water was admitted to it, only one-fourth of the air was imbibed. Probably the whole of it would have been rendered immiscible in water if the electrical operation had been continued a sufficient time. This air continued several days in water, and was even agitated in water without any farther diminution it was not however common air for it was not diminished by nitrous air by means of iron filings and brimstone i have since my former experiments procured a considerable quantity of this kind of air in a method something different from that which i used before for having placed a pot of this mixture under a receiver and exhausted it with a pump of mr smeaton's construction i filled it with fixed air and then left it plunged under water so that no common air could have access to it in this manner and in about a week there was as near as i can recollect one-sixth or at least one-eighth of the whole converted into a permanent air not imbibed by water from this experiment i expected that the same effect would have been produced on fixed air by the fumes of liver of sulphur but i was disappointed in that expectation which surprised me not a little though this corresponds in some measure to the effect of phlogiston exhaled from this substance on acid air perhaps more time may be requisite for this purpose for this process was not continued more than a day and a night iron filings and brimstone i have observed ferment with great heat in nitrous air and i have since observed that this process is attended with greater heat in fixed air than in common air though fixed air incorporated with water dissolves iron fixed air without water has no such power as i observed before i imagine that if it could have dissolved iron the phlogiston would have united with the air and have made it immiscible with water as in the former instances but after being confined in a vial full of nails from the fifteenth of december to the fourth of october following Neither the iron nor the air appeared to have been affected by their mutual contact. Having exposed equal quantities of common and fixed air, in equal and similar cylindrical glass vessels, to equal degrees of heat, by placing them before a fire, and frequently changing their situations, I observed that they were expanded exactly alike, and when removed from the fire, they both recovered their former dimensions. Having had some small suspicion that liver of sulfur, besides emitting phlogiston, might also yield some fixed air, which is known to be contained in the salt of tartar from which it is made, I mixed the two ingredients, viz. salt of tartar and brimstone, and putting them into a thin vial, and applying the flame of a candle to it, so as to form the liver of sulfur, I received the air that came from it, in this process, in a vessel of quicksilver, in this manner i procured a very considerable quantity of fixed air so that i judged it was all discharged from the tartar but though it is possible that a small quantity of it may remain in liver of sulphur when it is made in the most perfect manner it is not probable that it can be expelled without heat end of section six section seven miscellaneous experiments one it is something extraordinary that though ether as i found cannot be made to assume the form of air the vapour arising from it by heat being soon condensed by cold even in quicksilver yet that a very small quantity of ether put to any kind of air except the acid and alkaline which it imbibes almost instantly doubles the apparent quantity of it but upon passing this air through water it is presently reduced to its original quantity again with little or no change of quality i put about the quantity of half a nutshell full of ether enclosed in a glass tube through a body of quicksilver into an ounce measure of common air confined by quicksilver upon which it presently began to expand till it occupied the space of two ounce measures it then gradually contracted about one-sixth of an ounce measure putting more ether to it It again expanded two ounce measures but no more addition of ether would make it expand any farther withdrawing the quicksilver and admitting water to this air without any agitation it began to be absorbed but only about half an ounce measure had disappeared after it had stood an hour in the water but by once passing it through water the air was reduced to its original dimensions being tried by a mixture of nitrous air it appeared not to be so good as fresh air, though the injury it had received was not considerable. All the phenomena of dilation and contraction were nearly the same, when, instead of common air, I used nitrous air, fixed air, inflammable air, or any species of phlogisticated common air. The quantity of each of these kinds of air was nearly doubled while they were kept in quicksilver but fixed air was not so much increased as the rest and phlogisticated air less but after passing through the water they appeared not to have been sensibly changed by the process two spirit of wine yields no air by means of heat the vapours being soon condensed by cold like the vapour of water yet when in endeavouring to procure air from it i made it boil and catched the air which had rested on the surface of the spirit and which had been expelled by the heat together with the vapour in a vessel of quicksilver and afterwards admitted acid air to it the vessel was filled with white fumes as if there had been a mixture of alkaline air along with it to what this appearance was owing i cannot tell and indeed i did not examine into it three having been informed by dr small and mr bolton of birmingham that paper dipped in a solution of copper spirit of nitre would take fire with a moderate heat a fact which i afterwards found mentioned in the philosophical transactions it occurred to me that this would be very convenient for experiments relating to ignition in different kinds of air and indeed i found that it was easily fired either by a burning lens or the approach of red-hot iron on the outside of the vial in which it was contained and that any part of it being once fired the whole was presently reduced to ashes provided it was previously made thoroughly dry however it is not very easy to do so with this preparation i found that this paper burned freely in all kinds of air but not in vacuo which is also the case with gunpowder and as i have in effect observed before all the kinds of air in which this paper was burned received an addition to their bulk Which consisted partly of nitrous air from the nitrous precipitate, and partly of inflammable air from the paper. As some of the circumstances attending the ignition of this paper in some of the kinds of air were a little remarkable, I shall just recite them. Firing this paper in inflammable air, which it did without any ignition of the inflammable air itself, the quantity increased regularly, till the vial in which the process was made was nearly full but then it began to decrease till one-third of the whole quantity disappeared a piece of this paper being put to three ounce measures of acid air a great part of it presently turned yellow and the air was reduced to one-third of the original quantity at the same time becoming reddish exactly like common air in a vial containing smoking spirit of nitre after this by the approach of a hot iron i set fire to the paper immediately upon which there was a production of air which more than filled the vial. this air appeared under examination to be very little different from pure nitrous air i repeated this experiment with the same event paper dipped in a solution of mercury zinc or iron in nitrous acid has in a small degree the same property with paper dipped in a solution of copper in the same acid four gunpowder is also fired in all kinds of air and in the quantity in which i tried it did not make any sensible change in them except that the common air in which it was fired would not afterwards admit a candle to burn in it in order to try this experiment i half exhausted a receiver and then with a burning glass fired the gunpowder which had been previously put into it by this means i could fire a greater quantity of gunpowder in a small quantity of air and avoid the hazard of blowing up and breaking my receiver i own that i was rather afraid of putting gunpowder in inflammable air but there was no reason for my fear for it exploded quite freely in this air leaving it in all respects just as it was before in order to make this experiment and indeed almost all the experiments of firing gunpowder in different kinds of air i placed the powder upon a convenient stand within my receiver and having carefully exhausted it by a pump of mr smeaton's construction i filled the receiver with any kind of air by the apparatus described page nineteen figure fourteen taking the greatest care that the tubes etc which conveyed the air should contain little or no common air in the experiment with inflammable air a considerable mixture of common air would have been exceedingly hazardous for by that assistance the inflammable air might have exploded in such a manner as to have been dangerous to the operator indeed i believe i should not have ventured to have made the experiment at all with any other pump besides mr Smeaton's sometimes i filled a glass vessel with quicksilver and introduced the air to it when it was inverted in a basin of quicksilver by this means i entirely avoided any mixture of common air but then it was not easy to convey the gunpowder into it in the exact quantity that was requisite for my purpose this however was the only method by which i could contrive to fire gunpowder in acid or alkaline air in which it exploded just as it did in nitrous or fixed air i burned a considerable quantity of gunpowder in an exhausted receiver for it is well known that it will not explode in it but the air i got from it was very inconsiderable and in these circumstances was necessarily mixed with common air a candle would not burn in it End of Section seven.